Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Nihongo Master Podcast. I'm Azra, your host, and I'm thrilled to be back with another cultural topic to share with all of you, island life. Today, we'll be getting to grips with some of the weird and wonderful. Japan is the largest island country in East Asia and the fourth largest in the whole world. But what not everyone knows is that Japan is not only one single island, but it's made up of a total of almost 7,000 ones. The word for island in Japanese is Shima, sometimes changed to Jima in island names for the sake of phonetics. You'll definitely be hearing a lot of this word throughout the podcast, mostly in the names of the islands themselves. There are a total of 6,852 Shima in Japan, and 430 of them are inhabited. They cover a huge range of longitude and latitude, ranging from the subarctic to the subtropical climates. Even though all of the thousands of Shima deserve love and attention, today I'll be talking about three different categories of islands. Famous main islands, quirky tourist islands, and some far-flung exotic islands which feel a world away from Tokyo, even with a few examples to add to your Japanese tourism bucket list. You'll also want to keep your vocab book handy too, because as always, I'll be peppering some useful vocabulary related to Japanese island life throughout. First off, we'll be taking a quick tour of some of the largest and most significant islands which make up Japan. There are four main islands which broadly constitute the mainland, or home islands. Hokkaido up north, Honshu, the biggest part on which most major cities lie, Shikoku Island, known for its spiritual spots and laid-back atmosphere, and southern Kyushu, the sunny stronghold of samurai culture. All of the four main islands are extremely popular for tourism, locals and foreigners alike. It would take days to talk about the unique history and culture of each island region, so we'll just be heading to the far north and south to visit Hokkaido Island and Kyushu Island. Hokkaido is the second largest island of Japan after Honshu. In days gone by, this wild northern region was the last frontier of the Japanese home islands, the final part of the main Japanese domain to be brought into the fold. Nowadays, it's the snow sports mecca and home to a huge proportion of the country's wildlife species. Hokkaido Island's largest city is Sapporo, a famous destination for anyone looking to venture the north without straying too far off the beaten path. Because it's geographically located further up north, Hokkaido gets the chilliest weather in Japan, although it still gets all four distinct seasons. The island has quite a unique history, especially when it comes to its past residents. In millennia past, the island was home to an aboriginal group known as the Ainu, who also inhabited far eastern Russia. Skilled at hunting and fishing, these people largely faded into obscurity after their lands were conquered and cultured suppressed. However, the unique Ainu culture is still alive, but barely, in the legends, music and dance they created. Official statistics say that there are just 25,000 Ainu remaining to carry the torch of this legacy. As a completely separate ethnic group from the Japanese majority, the Ainu people were very distinctive in terms of their physical appearance. Ainu people and their descendants usually have lighter skin, rounder eyes, thicker hair and a stouter frame. 
Some Ainu people even have blue eyes with brown hair. The men never shave after a certain age, so they usually have full-grown beards. And the women get a distinctive mouth tattoo when they come of age. Nowadays, it's often impossible to distinguish an Ainu due to intermarriage and migration. Back in 1899, as part of the Meiji government's fierce promotion of Japanese nationalism, the Ainu people were forced to give up their cultural activities, customs, and language. This went on for almost a century until 1997, when the law that prohibited them from practicing their own culture was lifted. But it was too late by that time. The damage was already done. Many of the Ainu people today have no knowledge of their ancestry because of this. If you want a measure of the devastating effects that this cultural repression have had, consider the fact that the Ainu language is thought to have less than 15 remaining native speakers, putting it amongst the most critically endangered languages in the world. The Ainu language initially had three dialects, Hokkaido, Sakhalin, and Kuril. Today, only the Hokkaido dialect is still alive. Ben is the Japanese word for dialect. So for the name of the Hokkaido dialect, just use it as a suffix, Hokkaido Ben. The Japanese language also has its own Hokkaido Ben, which actually borrows a small number of loan words from the indigenous language. An example of Hokkaido Ben is changing the yone at the end of a sentence to Show. For example, to say, I'm going. In standard Japanese is, Iku yone. But in Hokkaido Ben, it changes to, Ikusho. From ancient times till the modern day, Hokkaido has without a doubt always been an island haven for nature. The mountainous land and expensive coastline provides an ideal habitat for everything from bears to rare wading birds. Over 300 types of wild bird can be found on this island, which is more than half the species in Japan. Lucky bird watchers can catch a glimpse of the Blackistan's fish owl, the largest owl on earth which can reach up to 72 cm in height and features significantly in Ainu mythology as the guardian of villages, and just like the Ainu people, they're extremely rare. Another notable one is the red-crowned crane. Crane in Japanese is Tsuru, but the red-crowned crane has a special name in Japanese, Tancho. You'd probably recognize this tall wading bird instantly. It's on the 1000 yen note as well as the logo for Japan Airlines. Half of the world's population of red-crowned cranes now live in East Hokkaido. This elegant bird is believed to bring good luck, and because of its strong influence in Japanese culture, it's a common motive in paintings, poetry, and other arts. Hokkaido is also the place tourists go to for a good go at winter sports like skiing and snowboarding. In fact, it's one of the best places on earth for guaranteed powdered snow, the kind that all snow sport lovers dream about. Nature, sports, unique culture, there's plenty to love about Hokkaido, and the local food is the jewel in that crown. If you've ever been to a Japanese supermarket, you've probably noticed that things like butter and potatoes cost a pretty penny if they were produced in Hokkaido. On top of that, Hokkaido has probably the best and freshest seafood in all of Japan. A top specialty dish on this island is the kaisen don, a portmanteau of kaisen, 
meaning seafood, and donburi, meaning rice bowl. Kaisendon is a seafood rice bowl with a variety of fresh seafood on a bed of white rice. If there's a specific seafood to highlight for Hokkaido, it definitely has to be crab. The word for crab in Japanese is kani. There are so many varieties of kani you can find on this northern island. King crab, hairy crab, and snow crab are just to name a few. However, even though Hokkaido has an abundance of this delicacy, it doesn't come cheap. Prepare yourself to spend more than a few thousand yen on it. Likewise, if you've ever been to a fancy sushi restaurant, there's a good chance you've tried Hokkaido uni, sea urchin. The relatively cold waters around Hokkaido produce premium varieties, which find their way into all of the top Michelin star sushi restaurants in Japan. But before you go booking your flight up to the north, wait a moment until we take a look at all the action going on down south. The island of Kyushu is the southernmost part of the home islands. Its geographical location means it has a far warmer climate than the rest. Some parts even reaching subtropical latitude. Kyushu doesn't have its own indigenous people like Hokkaido, but this island's history is just as rich. It was here that the very last samurai waged the war against the modern Japanese government in the late 19th century. From the city of Kagoshima, where hundreds of samurai trading academies were established by Japanese historic hero Saigo Takamori. Unfortunately, his Satsuma Rebellion didn't even make it off the island of Kyushu, having been pushed back from Kumamoto City by the Emperor's army. The sun-soaked coasts of Kyushu were also once the only ones in Japan to welcome foreigners, known in Japanese as Gaikokujin, or Gaijin in slang, as the Tokugawa shogunate essentially closed off the vast majority of the country for over two centuries, starting in 1623. The Japanese had seen what colonial powers like the Portuguese and British were doing elsewhere in the world, and said a stern, no thanks. In fact, it was the work of Portuguese Catholic missionaries that were much to blame for the clampdown, because they just couldn't stop converting people. That's why Kyushu has a higher proportion of Japanese Christians than anywhere else. Before the stretch of isolation, during what's known as the Nanban trade period, the Portuguese and others brought innovations like glassmaking, refined sugar, deep-fried food and firearms to Japan. This island was the engine of modernization for the whole country. After the isolationist edicts were issued, only the Chinese and Protestant Dutch were allowed to do business in Japan, and only in the port city of Nagasaki, which you've probably heard of for other reasons. Even within Nagasaki itself, the foreigners' movements were restricted, with the majority of trade happening on a man-made island named Dejima, which is now a colourful patchwork of historical influences from Europe and Asia. And to combat that pesky foreign faith that was all the rage down south, the shogunate also issued a ban on Christianity in 1587. During this time, the Christians of Kyushu had to practice their faith in secret. You might have seen this in film if you've watched Martin Scorsese's 2016 movie, Silence, 
about two Catholic priests travelling to Kyushu from Rome to track down their mentor. It was based on a book by one of Japan's greatest modern novelists, Shusake Endo, and it shows the real brutality which the shogun's forces brought down on anyone caught with crucifixes and rosaries, including executions by crucifixion and drowning. The lot of Japanese Christians is a lot more pleasant nowadays, and over half of them still reside on this beautiful island. Kyushu has more to offer than just their religious and political history. The island is known for their mountainous landscape. Kyushu is even known as the land of fire because of its active chain of volcanoes, known as Kazan. For any volcanic adventurers out there, Mount Kuji, Mount Sakurajima and Mount Aso should definitely be on your list. These are some of the most active volcanoes in Japan, so much so that you can expect minor eruptions regularly. But if the threat of volcanic doom doesn't sound appealing, Kyushu can also be incredibly relaxing for those chill seekers like me. Hot springs, known as onsen in Japanese, are one of the highlights of this island. Every possible onsen you can think of, Kyushu has it. Sea view baths, mud baths, sand baths, baths for arthritis, baths for migraines, green baths, red baths, I won't go on, but I could, for a long time. The food in Kyushu is also to die for. Pork is a big thing here, even though, for a very long time, it wasn't very popular in the rest of Japan. If you haven't heard of the famous tonkotsu ramen, then you're definitely missing out. This Japanese noodle dish is from the Kyushu Island, more specifically, the Hakata area of Fukuoka. It's a type of ramen made with pork bone broth, sometimes flavoured with soy sauce or miso. The broth is simmered for hours, creating a thick and creamy texture. Another iconic Kyushu dish is champon, from the Nagasaki region, a kind of Chinese fusion noodle dish, similar to ramen, but the broth and noodles are cooked together. You'll find a lot of fusion food like this in Nagasaki, thanks to its centuries of foreign influence. The local cuisine is known as Shippoku Ryori and is a fusion of Chinese, Japanese, Portuguese, Dutch and much more. Just as unique as Kyushu's local cuisine is their unique take on the Japanese language. Just like Hokkaido, Kyushu has their own dialect, known as the Hakata Ben. You'll hear it in spoken plenty in Fukuoka city and the surrounding area. Sometimes, it's even called Fukuoka-ben because the dialect has recently been increasing in popularity and grown associated more and more with the city. An example for a grammar point in Hakata-ben is changing the ending da into ya. If you want to say, that's a fish, right? In standard Japanese, it's sakana da ne? But in Hakata-ben, it goes like sakana ya ne? Another unique part of Hakata-ben is turning nai into n. So instead of saying yome nai to tell someone I cannot read, try saying it the Hakata way instead, yomen. It takes out a syllable, making it ever so slightly easier. And the Fukuoka locals will love you for it. Despite both islands being part of the main Japanese archipelago, 
It's incredible how different these two vast islands are. One a wild and wintry land with a unique indigenous culture, one a melting pot of foreign influences baking under the subtropical sun. If you even need a break from the main tourist destinations in Kanto and Kansai, these two islands offer an entirely different feel. So, to recap, here are a few key pieces of vocabulary related to our two important islands. Tancho, the famous red-crowned crane. Kaisen Don, Hokkaido's specialty seafood rice bowl. Kani, crab. Uni, sea urchin. Gaikokujin, foreigner, also known as Gaijin. Kazan, volcano. Onsen, Japanese hot springs. Okay, so we've covered some of the major players among the islands of Japan. Now, let's take a look at some of the stranger island pockets of Japan, where weirdness rules. With so many islands to choose from, it's a little wonder that you'll find more than a few left-field additions. And there are two kinds that I think stand out the most. Animal islands and art islands. Yes, you heard it right. Animal islands. Why go to the zoo or visit a pet cafe when you can get up close and personal with some wild and friendly ones on their home territory? Japan has no shortage of these places that are dominated by furry creatures. Places overrun by critters which were once domesticated, but now have conquered entire islands for themselves. One of the most famous is Rabbit Island. The word for rabbit in Japanese is Usagi. So a rabbit island is Usagishima. People will understand what island you're referring to if you call it that. But the rabbit island also goes by a different name, Okunoshima. Tucked away off the coast of Hiroshima Prefecture, in the Seto Inland Sea, this tiny island is overrun by 1,000 fluffy bunnies. Rabbits are the main attraction of this island by far. But what more do you really need? While visiting, you might swell head to the summit of the central mountain for a panoramic view of the area. After a day spent drifting around the fields, feeding friendly bunnies, you might be inclined to think of Okunoshima as a total paradise. But it wasn't always this way. In fact, this island has quite a dark past for both bunnies and people. During World War II, Okunoshima was used as the main area for chemical weapons research and production. Rabbits were used as test subjects. New chemical weapons such as poison gas, were tried out on these furry creatures first to calculate the deadly potency of the weapons. The facility used for all this terrible production and research is still on the island today. Nearby, you'll find the Poison Gas Museum where you can learn about the dark past of Okunoshima. Don't worry though, there aren't any tests run on these cute little animals nowadays. Unless the research question is, how many tourist snacks can one rabbit possibly eat? And of course, over 70 years on, all the bunnies which were used for testing are long gone. So any ball of fur with long ears you see on Okunoshima is completely healthy and normal. Not to mention super friendly. If for some strange reason you don't like rabbits, 
Why not head to a cat island instead? While there's only one rabbit island, there are a grand total of 11 cat islands in Japan. The word for cat is Neko. So these 11 islands are also referred to as Nekoshima. It begs the question, why all the cats? And why all the cat islands? There are various myths and legends to explain them, in which cats are portrayed as like mini-humans who have their own little societies. But the most realistic explanation is that cats were simply a solution to rodent problems on these islands. To chase away the rats and mice, local residents bred cats. And over time, these feline creatures multiplied and took over. Out of all the 11 cat islands, there are two that trump the rest, Aoshima and Tashirojima. In Ehime Prefecture, you can find Aoshima, the most popular Nekoshima there is. Some even call it the Cat Heaven Island because of how the furry felines outnumber humans. There are only about 13 residents on this island. Human, I mean. If you include cats, you'll need to tack on another 150 to that count. So for every one person, there are at least 11 cats. The human community of Aoshima has long made their living by fishing. In early 1900s, their local fishermen had problems with mice on the boat. So as a solution, they adopted cats into their homes and onto their boats. Of course, in those days, sterilizing pets wasn't really a thing. So it didn't take long for the feline population to explode. Fishing is still a popular activity on Aoshima, with great fishing spots. So why not take your fishing rod along? Sharing your catch will make you mega popular among the locals. Another famous Nekoshima, Tajirojima, has a similar story behind the excessive number of cats on the island. Back in the day, this island was a hub for silkworm breeding. However, silkworms naturally attract mice, so cats were brought in to keep them away. This cat island is just off the coast of Ishinomaki city in Miyagi prefecture. It's a small island, but there are about 100 people currently residing there, coexisting with the cats at a ratio of about 1 to 1. And to keep the animal half of their population happy, the island of Tashirojima completely and officially bans all dogs from visiting. So much do the people of the island love and respect their furry neighbours, there's even a shrine dedicated to cats that died from falling rocks. The shrine is called Nekojinja, combining the word for cat, Neko, with shrine, Jinja. While some Japanese islands have been overrun by the animal kingdom, others belong to the avant-garde. Art is business in Japan and the country is home to some of the biggest private collections in Asia. What do you do when you have an art to show off and money to burn? You could build a fancy gallery, I guess. But dedicating a whole island to art is way more impressive. We'll take a look at two of the best art islands in Japan, Naoshima and Inujima. Naoshima is probably the most popular art island out of them all, opened by private equity firm Benesse. You might have seen pictures of its iconic pumpkins, sculptures made by Yayoi Kusama, which are now an unofficial emblem of the island. Naoshima is located in Kagawa Prefecture and is just a short ferry ride away from both Honshu and Shikoku. This island was just a remote and undeveloped backwater 
up until 1985, when art-loving Japanese businessman Tetsuhiko Fukutake developed a vision for it to develop a cultural and educational area at the cutting edge of the contemporary art scene. Now, it's one of the world's must-visit spots for art lovers with a wealth of museums, known as Hakubutsukan in Japanese, and outdoor exhibitions. The island has become a conceptual playground for architects, curators, and artists to make use of interesting spaces which is just not possible to create in a big city. One of the highlights is architect Tadao Ando's Chichu Art Museum. The building is mostly underground. Ando designed it in such a way that when the natural light comes into the building, it alters how the artwork appears, changing the look of the pieces throughout the day. The small collection of works showcased in this museum presents artists like Walter de Maria and Claude Monet. In addition to the big galleries, there are smaller art houses scattered all around the island, specifically near the local fishing villages Miyanora and Honmura, collectively known as the Nawashima Art House Project. Abandoned houses, shrines and temples have been converted into installations galleries and venues for artists all around the world to display their works. Quaint cafes run by locals are easy to find too, completing the classic museum and coffee date combo, although you might need a couple of date days to take in everything the island has to offer. Another art island that's worth a visit is Inushima. The name literally translates to dog island. Inu is dog in Japanese, but don't get too excited it's not an island packed full of puppies. Inoshima just got its name from a large rock on its coast, which looks like a sitting dog. This island is just off Okayama Prefecture in the Seto Inland Sea, and just like Naoshima, it's recently became a popular tourist attraction for travelling art enthusiasts. It's the venue for the triannual Setauchi Triannual Modern Art Festival. The entire island can be covered on foot with an hour or two leisurely walk. Before Inoshima became a hotspot for modern art, it was just an industrial land, a producer of granite blocks for the construction of castles and later the site of a copper refinery. However, in the early 20th century, copper wasn't all that profitable, leading to the premature closure of the refinery and the decline of the island. The signs of Inoshima's industrial past weren't demolished though, Although the island's main gallery, Inujima Seirensho Art Museum, sits underneath the old refinery. As well as a monument to fantastic modern art, it's also a monument to sustainability with systems for natural cooling and the recycling of wastewater. Whether you're hunting for a pile of cute creatures to pet or on a postmodern pilgrimage to a mecca of artistic expression, Japan's lineup of quirky islands has something for you. Here's a quick recap of some of the useful vocab we picked up along the way. Usagi, rabbit. Neko, cat. Inu, dog. Jinja, shrine. Hakubutsukan, museum. Now, let's venture off into uncharted waters to visit some exotic, lesser-known and more remote Japanese islands. 
These are the unique little pockets of the country which are so far from the mainland, they often don't feel like Japan at all, and which had their own isolated societies and unique cultures stretching for millennia. There are two groups of exotic islands that we'll take a look at today. The Okinawa Islands, including the remote outer reaches, and the Ogasawara Islands. First, we're heading far to the southwest of mainland Japan, to sunny Okinawa. You might be thinking that Okinawa is such a famous beach vacation spot that it hardly qualifies as remote anymore. But the name itself actually refers to a few different things. First and foremost is the name of an island. But this island is actually the capital of a vast prefecture of the same name. The Okinawan Islands number over 150 and are spread out right throughout the Pacific Ocean, some so remote that Robinson Crusoe would feel right at home. These islands can also be collectively referred to as the Ryukyu Islands, named after the historic kingdom which ruled here for centuries. This mercantile kingdom thrived throughout the Middle Ages, but was invaded by the Satsuma Kingdom of Kyushu in 1609, becoming a vassal state and eventually joining Japan properly in the 19th century. This is why, to a less extent than the Scottish and Catalonians, you might sometimes hear calls for Okinawan independence, or rather, Ryukyu independence. To this day, quite a number of outer Ryukyu islands only have a few hundred residents, while others are virtually uninhabited. Because of their remote location and unspoiled nature, this cluster of islands are a haven for unique wildlife, not to mention vacationers seeking out some of the last stretches of genuinely undisturbed white sandy beaches in the world, complete with colourful marine life and lively coral reefs. The subtropical weather not only brings in the booming tourism to Ryukyuan Islands in the modern day, but also natural features that you won't get anywhere else in Japan, like mangrove swamps on Ireomote Island. On this specific island, about 90% of the land is filled with lush rainforest. The thick jungle is home to various exotic flora and fauna, like the rare Ireomote cat, basically a tiny little endangered leopard. On Okinawa Island itself, you'll find one of the most endangered bird species in the world, with only about 700 of them left. Their red faces and black chests can be spotted in the forests of Yanbaru in northern Okinawa. In Japanese, they are known as the Yanbaru Kuina, named after the home of the bird, and Kuina refers to the species in Japanese. Some of the historic Ryukyuan cultures still remain on these islands, especially on those isolated pockets which dodged the Americanization the major islands underwent after World War II, after the US took control of the region. Although, all across Okinawa, you'll hear echoes of its historic culture in the language. There used to be various languages for the different regions, but only one that remains prominent to this day the Okinawan language, which is known as Uchinaguchi. In its current form, it has evolved into the Japanese dialect Okinawa-ben, which is only about 70% similar to the standard Japanese language. For example, a word for welcome in Japanese is yokoso, but in Okinawa-ben, it's mensore, 
What you don't want to miss out on when on the Okinawan Islands is the food. Okinawans are big lovers of putaniku. That's pork to you and me. And they eat every single part of the pig, from head and tail to even the organs. Goya, which is Japanese for bitter melon, a vegetable endemic to the region, is an Okinawan classic with tons of health benefits, but about as divisive as Marmite when it comes to the flavour. There's even a Japanese proverb that goes, Ryoyaku wa kochi ni negashi, which means, good medicine tastes bitter, referring to Goya. Sea grapes, umibudo in Japanese, is also an extremely famous Okinawan food, a type of seaweed that looks like clusters of small, translucent grapes. The crazy thing about the Ryukyu Islands is that they're so disparate, many of them even have unique variations of fruits and vegetables only grown on their soil. Now, let's take an overnight ferry far to the east of Okinawa to reach a lesser known and more remote group of exotic islands, the Ogasawara Islands. Named after the Japanese explorer who discovered them, Sadayori Ogasawara, they are also known as the Galapagos of the Orient, and number more than 30. Like the actual Galapagos, these islands were formed by an isolated chain of underwater volcanoes. Because of this isolation, the Ogasawara Islands developed their own ecosystems with unique flora and fauna calling it home. In recent years, the islands have become a prime ecotourism destination and they've been featured on the UNESCO World Heritage listings since 2011. If you fancy visiting, you might be tempted in when you see that they're technically a sub-prefecture of Tokyo. Oh, that must mean they're pretty close to the capital, right? Not a chance. Actually, you'd have to take a boat for about 24 hours to go between the two. It seems that these islands were lumped in with the Greater Tokyo Municipality because it was easier than forming a whole new administrative body just for them. Previously, this group of islands were known as Bonin Islands. Some think that this name came from the Japanese word for uninhabited islands, Buninshima. The British were the first to lay claim to the islands, surprise surprise, but the first permanent settlers were a group of around 25 Northern Americans, Europeans and Pacific Islanders who stationed themselves there and developed the archipelago into an important stopover for vessels in 1830. This little self-governing pocket of paradise became a minor cosmopolitan hub of seafarers and settlers from all around the globe. Throughout the years, a unique culture was built, a mix of Japanese, Western and the Pacific Island culture in everything from customs to linguistics. This all started to change after the Japanese Meiji government annexed the islands in 1872 and made all its inhabitants legal Japanese citizens around six years later. After that, they brought immigration and industry, which inevitably diluted the unique local culture. Descendants of the original settlers and those who soon followed them were known as Obeikei. Although now fully Japanese, they were still regarded as second-class citizens and treated with suspicion. Throughout World War II, the locals got an even rougher ride as the islands were a military base for Japan 
and continued to be used as a secret base of operations during the Cold War too. In fact, one of the most famous pictures of the Second World War was taken on Iwo Jima, on the south end of the archipelago. Yes, it's that picture of US troops dramatically raising an American flag on the crest of the island's central volcanic hill. The fastest way to the heart of a culture is through their food, and an Ogasawara ingredient that oozes their distinctive obeke culture is sea turtles, umigame. This dish has been a part of the Ogasawara food culture for centuries, because when you're living this isolated from the rest of civilization, you're gonna have to deal with food shortages every now and then. That meant the friendly turtles mulling around in the bays were first to go. Despite that, the Galapagos of the Orient are still a hotspot of natural adventure and discovery. In the sky, the forest, and the seas. Nowadays, sea turtle catches are limited to 135 per year after all. The creatures you encounter on Ogasawara Islands are not the kind you see every day. Here you'll find no less than 195 endangered species bird and 441 kinds of native plant. If you're into water activities like diving and swimming, what better place to swim with the dolphins and explore the marine life in the deep blue sea than the untouched reaches of this remote archipelago? Manta rays, greater amberjacks and school of colourful tropical fish are in abundance. If you spend the night on Ogasawara Islands, be prepared to be greeted with a sky full of stars. Because of the lack of light pollution, the whole sky will be lit with glittering gems. You can even view the Milky Way in all its glory without a telescope. Nothing beats a great escape from the city life and island crowds than the exotic islands of Japan. Rich in history, and not to mention delicious cultural food, are excellent spots to venture to and explore. Here are a few key pieces of vocab for the exotic islands. Goya, bitter melon. Yokoso, a formal word for welcome, most often seen in writing. Butaniku, pork. Umibudo, Okinawan sea grapes. Buninshima, uninhabited islands. Umigame, sea turtle. So, there you have it. We've toured Japan from its very far northern reaches right down to the Pacific South. Along the way, we've taken a look at native peoples and languages, unique wildlife, culture both modern and ancient, and indigenous foods to add to your must-try list. I hope your notebook is now full of new Japanese words that you picked up along the way. If you're feeling inspired to pick up some more Japanese for yourself, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and the official website to learn more. Thank you so much for listening in. I'm looking forward to the next one. Hope you'll join me then as well. Mata ne!